0: Good morning. I've got to turn my mic on real quick. Alright. So I believe it was third grade. And there was a new craze that had just hit the world by storm. And that was Pokemon. Pokemon. And uh, it was a big deal. They were uh, just taking over the children's, uh, I guess, toy market and game market and everything. And I can remember how quickly it became such a big deal. And at one point, I knew nothing about it. And the next thing I knew, I had... Uh, A Game Boy Color. Um, I won't explain uh, all the details of what that means exactly, but I had a Game Boy Color that was Pokemon themed, the the whole Game Boy itself. I had multiple games that I would put in that were Pokemon. Um, There was a TV show on that I watched as frequently as I could uh, that was Pokemon themed, obviously. And uh, I remember that not only myself, but all of my friends at school, we just got hooked into uh, this whole thing, and we, and we got hooked fast. And one of the first things that, that we wanted to do, or that we made it a point to do, was Um, There was a a trading card game and in fact that's kind of what it all revolved around was this trading card game And you would go out and you would buy the cards And you would have these cards and you would kind of build your own deck and you would you would basically play uh, This game with those cards Now uh, we were too young to understand how the game worked Uh, and in fact we never played the game, but we wanted to own all of the cards that we could, and we wanted to build our deck just so, you know, we could uh, at least kind of say, hey, this is what I've got, this is, you know, and we could trade cards and all of that. And it was a huge deal at that time, but I didn't yet have any of those cards. And so I talked to my mom and I said, mom, you know, I've got to have Pokemon, I've got to have those. And, uh, and we did our research and mom said, you know, absolutely you can have them, but you have to pay for them. It's, it's something that you're going to have to earn, you're going to have to work toward, and, and you'll have to pay for it once you get the money. So I saved up my money over time, you know, did different chores in order to try and earn uh, a small amounts of money at a time. And, and finally, I had enough money to where we were going to go to the store and get a deck of these cards. And I, I knew exactly what, uh, what deck I wanted, you know, the way I wanted to start everything off. And, and so finally the time came... And we went to Walmart and we're looking around for these cards and we just find this big box and on it it says that it's, you know, some kind of Pokemon cards and, and I just get so excited and, and mommy says it's cheaper than, than we thought it was going to be and I'm like, yes, I'm going to get all of these cards and I'm just so pumped and so we go through checkout and we, we buy them and, and we head home and, and I get home and I open this box and I start to get really worried and I start to open these packs uh, these packs and packs of, of little kind of decks of, of about 10 cards each and all these different packs and I start to open these and I go, uh, these don't look like what I thought they were supposed to look like and I realize that not only did I not get the deck that I was trying to, to, to find, um, I did not buy Pokemon cards. Um, whatever I bought was not what I was trying to, to get. And, uh, and maybe you're thinking, well, you know, you still bought something. I, I'm sure that you know, whatever you have uh, was you know, worth, worth something to you. Uh, try and tell eight-year-old me that. Uh, Because at the time, I was devastated. I was so torn up because that was not what I was looking for. And not only that, but that's not what all of my friends had. That was not the... I could not take these cards, whatever they were that I ended up with, and take those to school and say, hey guys, look what I got. Because it was not what everybody else had. And... Eventually, yeah, you know, I got, I got those cards, but at that time, I just thought, how could I have done this? I, I spent, you know, I spent so much time saving up this money and, and going to the store and, and buying these cards, and, and everything that I had that I worked up toward is absolutely worthless to me. It's just this box of, of worthless cards, and what are other people going to think about the, the mistake that I made, the, the things that I ended up with? I want to start off this morning by asking you a question. How much are you worth? How much are you worth? Um, When we hear something like this, it's very common for us to immediately think in terms of money. How much are we worth in terms of the, you know, the total amount of things that we own? What would, what would the dollar sign, uh, the amount after the dollar sign be if you were to really kind of add up everything that, that we were worth? Um, that's where our head goes when we say something like our worth or our value. Um, a lot of times we think about that, that monetary value, that monetary worth, and, and we associate with that. And when we measure value, when we measure our value, uh, it's very easy for us to, to do this wrong. Um, when we really think about how much we are worth, when we really start to try to identify who we are in terms of our worth, we do it incorrectly. We have this idea that, that lacking in stuff, that lacking in the things that, that maybe we want or that we're trying to achieve, that we're trying to work for, a lot of times we, we think that lacking in those kind of things is lacking in worth. It's falling short of the value that we are trying to achieve. And there's a lot of other ways that we... Uh, try to equate our value, try to determine what our value is, sometimes that is in our appearance. Uh, It's in how we look versus how other uh, people look. Um, And that changes our own reflection of our self-value. It could also be how other people choose to define us by the things that people say about who we are or the the way that people uh, place limitations on on ourselves. Um, That also has an effect on how we tend to value ourselves. We often allow our worth, we allow our value to be measured by our success and our status and our power and our influence that we have in this world, on the people that, that surround us. And we think about our value, we think about our worth in terms of how much uh, people think about us or, uh, or talk about us or look to us or, or, or make it a point to, to point to us in our lives. We allow our value to be shaped by all these different things. And as a result, we're shaped by comparison. Uh, we, we kind of have this idea of, all right, so, so here is, here's me, and, and here is this person. And then we kind of put ourselves up against that person, and we say, okay, so in what ways am I not measuring up to, to that person? This person kind of has things together the way that I, I would like to have things. Uh, how do I get to that point? How do I add value onto myself in order to, to measure up to who that person is? Because that's where I want to be. That's the kind of person I want to be. That's the way I want to look. That's the way that I want people to perceive who I am. And so in our lives, we, we spend our time trying to be better versions of ourselves, And we work toward uh, closing that gap of comparison. We we try to do everything we can to to measure up and to be equal or even greater to these people that, that we hold in esteem in our lives. And so, as a result of that, we spend more time trying to make ourselves look better. Um, and maybe not actually making ourselves better, but just trying to make ourselves look better. Um, we live in a time that uh, social media allows us to paint a picture of who we are, even if it's terribly inaccurate. But we're able to, to make us uh, make ourselves look as good as we can online, or, or when we choose to, you know, to, to leave the house and go out and, uh, and make some kind of presentation of, of who we are. And so we do that. We also spend more time trying to achieve levels of success that we see. Uh, Maybe levels of success that are held by by other people. And we say, well, we know that 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 is achievable and and I want to be there. I want to do that. I want that level of success. And so we spend our time doing that. You see, we spend our time trying to add value onto ourselves. We try to add value onto who we are on this earth. This morning we're going to look at a few different passages that I think are going to to help show us that that our God shows us measuring value in this way is incorrect. Having the idea of, of trying to Uh, trying to measure up to other people, trying to measure up to these standards that we often set before ourselves, it's not the way to go. And in fact, we spend all this time trying to be better versions of ourselves, but in reality, we should really be trying to be nothing like ourselves at all. If you will turn with me to Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19, I think that this is probably a passage familiar to many of us, Um, this is one that you've most likely heard before, but I felt like this was just too close in connection to this idea to, uh, to not focus our time on this passage. But in Matthew chapter 19, a, a man comes up to Jesus, and within the passage we learn that, uh, that he's a wealthy man, and he's also defined to be young. Um, a lot of times we uh, define him as the rich young ruler, or the rich young man, and, uh, and so he comes up to Jesus... And he's asking questions to Jesus. He has a conversation with Jesus. And during this conversation, we kind of learn that he has an agenda. He has a reason that he is coming to Jesus. And that is basically to get his stamp of approval by the Son of Man. This man, this rich young ruler, this rich young man, he's actually... Uh, it, it's almost like he's coming up to Jesus and he has this, this checklist that he's prepared and, and he just wants to make sure that he's doing everything right, that he's got it all figured out and, and really he just wants Jesus to look at this checklist and Jesus kind of looks down and goes, you got it, good job. And, and then the guy can just go on his way and say, hey, I've got Jesus' approval, I'm all set, I'm ready to go. And that's the intentions of of this this young man that that comes up to Jesus. And so let's go ahead and read the passage and see exactly uh, what takes place here. Beginning in verse 16, "...and behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good." If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to Jesus, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go and Sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. When the young man heard this he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. The young man was as we see here he was he was going through that checklist uh, he was kind of checking off each box and as Jesus was kind of you know, giving him these commands, he's going, "Yeah, I, I've, I've done that, I've done that. This all sounds great. This is exactly where I, where I am. And then Jesus says, there's one more thing. You see, the things that, that you value, the things that you place your own value in in this life, I need you to get rid of those things. All of the things that you use in order to determine the worth that you have on this earth, I need you to, to throw it all out. I need you to give it away. I need you to, to give up all of that. You see, Jesus was trying to show this man that the way that he measured his value and his worth was completely incorrect. And we see here that this rich young ruler, this rich young man, he was so deeply rooted in these values of of what really mattered to him, of where he put his own worth in this life. It was so deeply rooted in all of this that he couldn't let go of that. You see, he expected to come up to Jesus to get all of these boxes checked and to walk away saying, I'm all set up for success. I've got it all figured out. And of course, Jesus showed him that's not how you measure success and that is not how you measure your value. You see, I believe that this young man that we learn about in this passage, I think that it's someone that we can relate to all too well. Because this was a man who who identified himself with Jesus, who who made sure that he got the approval of Jesus. He he wanted to be connected with Him. And he associated himself with the law and with these religious practices. He wanted to be someone that was following the Word of God. And he's probably spent time even studying the Word and making sure that he he understood uh, exactly what all these commandments were that he was supposed to be following. But he doesn't find his value in God. Instead, this man values the name that he has made for himself. And that's where he finds his value. And if this man was to give up all that he had, if he was to actually give up his status and his power and his wealth, if all of it was gone, then people wouldn't necessarily know him by that power, by that status, by his name. By his identity. And in fact, if he were to actually do what Jesus said, then maybe people around him would have said, Oh, this, this guy that you're talking about? Yeah, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have anything. In fact, he's just a, a follower of Jesus. He's just a disciple. And all he does is he spends his time following around uh, this, this man named Jesus. And that's what would have happened to him we see that this man's own identity was too much for him to surrender. It was too much for him to give up. The, the value that he placed in all of the things that he had in this life was too much for him. And when he was told by Jesus himself to give it up, he couldn't do it. You see, for many of us, I think that our identity is considered to be too much for us to surrender. And just like this rich young man, we associate ourselves with the church, with with following the Word. And we, we might even spend time studying it and making sure that we understand it and what it means to be a part of the church and to follow Jesus. But our value is still in ourselves. Because this idea of letting go of the value that we've worked toward... Letting go of all of the things that we've tried so hard to achieve or to obtain in our lives is too much to let go, and so we don't. And I think when we have that mentality, we we come up with this solution that we think is going to work. And the current solution that we have is that we're going to hold on to both of these things. We're going to hold on to the role and the identity that we feel like we have in the church. We're going to follow the things that, uh, the different commands that are set before us in the Word of God. But we're also going to keep holding on to the things that we value on this earth. And not only that, but we're going to go ahead and continue to place a lot of our worth in those things, in our power, our status our possessions, our influence. And so we hold on to to both of these things. And honestly, this is probably exactly what the rich young ruler wanted to hear, is that he would be able to hold on to both of these things. and, And Jesus would say, Hey... You've done it, excellent job with all of this because you've managed to be successful on this earth and obtain all the things that you feel like you need here and follow all the commandments that I set up before you. So not only have you made yourself successful here, but you've set up a great investment in heaven. But that's not what this man is told. Because he has this idea that he's able to have the commandments on his heart and all of this treasure in his hands. But we can't hold on to both. Because that's not the solution that Jesus gave him. Jesus gave him this answer. And that was to let go of all of that stuff. And it's not to let go of all of that stuff because... He's being selfish because he's trying to uh, make some kind of distinction uh, for that man specifically. But he's trying to teach every single one of us that we will not find what we are looking for in that stuff. We are not going to find what we look for when we place our value and our worth and everything that we're trying to hold on to on this earth. We are only going to find it when we choose to let go of all of that stuff and do exactly what Jesus said to this man and follow him. Jesus told him, let go of all that stuff. Follow me instead. But obviously we see that the rich young ruler, he he didn't do it. He couldn't do it. And that also kind of worries me because I feel like the biggest difference between how we live today and how this rich young man lived his life, the big difference is that the rich young man, he actually realized that he couldn't have both. And I think a lot of times we don't get that. A lot of times we are completely in denial of the fact that we can't have both, and so we continue to basically follow through with this current solution that we have, which is just keep holding on to both things. Keep trying to build your your status and your power and your possessions and everything that you're working toward on this earth and keep building that up. But also, follow God too. We can't do both. It's not an option for us. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and I want to go back to this word, um, worthless. You see, something that is considered worthless is something that has no value and something that has no use. Um, it's, it's useless. It is, um, it's, it's not something that has any kind of value that's, that's measurable. And I want to ask you a very serious question. And that is, when you hear this word, worthless, um, do you tend to define yourself in that way? Do you ever have times where you allow yourself to be measured in some way, and and when you feel that you do not measure up in the way that you want to, that you value yourself as worthless? And if so, why? Why? Why do you allow yourself to to have that kind of negative thought about who you are? I want to make sure that you understand that this word, this idea, does not describe you in any way. It does not, and, and it will not, as long as you continue to have the right mindset about who you are In this life, I want to look at a passage that will hopefully uh, kind of help us to learn and confirm this eternal value that we have. Uh, In Luke chapter 12, I want to read these few verses with you. Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 6, says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. Real quick, I want to share uh, a very quick story with you. Many of you have heard this before. Um, This is definitely something I will not forget. And uh, when I read this passage, every time I read it, I will always think of this. Um, It was a a little while back, uh, during Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night Bible study and uh, all the little guys were coming up to, to sit up front. They were going to lead their songs and Hampton was one of the guys that was up here and, uh, and he was the only one up there at the time and I was walking up kind of behind him and I, I see him just kind of sitting there and he looks like he's concentrating really hard and he's just kind of doing this and I, I couldn't figure out what he was doing. So I go up to him, and I sit, I sit right behind him, and I just ask him, I said, Hampton, what, what are you doing? And he just, you know, kind of, without really breaking what he's doing, he's just kind of doing this, and he kind of looks at me real quick, and he just says, I'm counting my hairs. And he was working on counting all of his hairs. Um, and and i continue to think about that as I, as i read this passage but it's so it's so cool to to see this idea that uh you know that even the hairs of our head are numbered now, what exactly does that mean? Well, later in the passage, there's all these different descriptions that are made, both in the passage and after. Uh, it, it talks about uh, the ravens, and it talks about the lilies, and it talks about the grass, and, and even in this passage, it's talking about the sparrows, and all these different things, and it says, you know, all of these things, they, they have value, but you have to understand that even though they have value, They weren't even made in the image of God. But you were. You were made in the image of God, and you were set to have value, to have a purpose. And it's going to be way greater than all these other things that exist and that God takes care of. And if God's going to take care of all these other things that, that maybe to us seem like they have so much, so little value or so much less value, then how are we going to look at ourselves? And question the value that we have as well. You see, our God has a purpose and a value and a worth that He has given to every single one of us. And we have to understand that it doesn't take much for us to believe that our value is is below other people. Um, it doesn't take a lot or it might not even be that uncommon for us to encounter discouragement from our own thoughts or from the words of, of those people around us. But when our own life or our identity or our possessions are, become the measure of worth that we try to, to set our life up by, uh, we don't fully appreciate our value. If we try to use these standards of the world to make these comparisons, to try and understand how, we are, how much we're worth or how much we are valued, we're going to fall short. We're not going to have an understanding of our value. And in those times, that's when we're going to question whether we really have any value at all. I want to go back to Matthew chapter 19. After the young man leaves, we then see Peter continue this conversation with Jesus. And he actually, uh, he's asking him some different questions. And we see that, uh, that in doing so, Peter ends up showing where he himself finds his worth, where he finds his own value. Uh, beginning in verse 27, it says, Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or Father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. You see, Peter and the other disciples, they did not look at their own worth in the same way that this rich young man did. You see, Peter, basically after seeing this encounter and hearing Jesus kind of talk about what had just taken place, Peter even says, you know, we have nothing. Our identity and who we are isn't even defined by us anymore. It's defined by you. So what does that mean? And Jesus responds and basically tells them, well, if you don't have an identity, if your identity is in me, then you will inherit eternal life. Jesus is basically saying to them that you've decided not to place any value on, on what you own, on what other people say about you, on how you look or dress or how you are compared to other people. You've placed all your value in your relationship with me. And you're going to be rewarded for it. You see, I ended up eventually with the, the Pokemon cards that I wanted. And I was very happy with that. And, uh, and I got to continue to you know, go to my friends and say, Hey, you know, this is what I have and, and see what they have. And, and I'll be honest, it wasn't long until... There was something else that came up or another craze or another item that everybody had to have. And I had to have that too because I had to be able to measure up to my friends. And so as I continue to live, I continue to be measured uh, in that same way. And I'll be honest, in middle school and during a few, the first few years of high school... Um, I tried to measure up to those people that were around me and a lot of times I felt like I was failing miserably. There were a lot of times where I honestly felt worthless, uh, where I allowed because of who I was in comparison to other people, in comparison to the kind of guys that I wanted to to be like, uh, to dress like, to act like. Because I didn't measure up to those people, I questioned my self-worth. And I'll be honest, you know, it, it, it might happen in middle school or high school. It might happen in adulthood. Um, regardless of our age, that's not going to be what defines how we look at ourselves. But rather, how much we decide to place in this earth, on this earth, in this world. I want to make this idea very clear. And I want to make sure that you understand this. And part of the reason that I wanted to go through all of this was really to get to this point. Just because I felt like it was something that I wanted to make sure that I shared with you. And that is that who you are is someone valuable. I do not know the personal life of every single person here. I do not know the things that you are facing in your life, the value that you maybe feel like you have or don't have. But I do want to make sure that you understand that because of Jesus, because of our God, who you are is someone valuable. And that a lot of times the reason that we do not feel that value is only because we are putting it in the wrong place. It is not because the value is not there. It is just because we are trying too hard to measure up to this world when that's not what we should be measuring up to at all. Who you are is someone valuable. And there are going to be times when the enemy or other people or your own thoughts are going to try and tell you otherwise. When comparison makes it difficult for for you to feel good about who you are Or when your own achievements or your own failures cause you to believe that you're not as good as other people. But who you are is somewhat valuable. And the problem that we face is rooted in where we try to find our value. You see, if we want to be a follower of Jesus, why are we trying to find value on this earth? I want to look at one more passage uh, and then we'll wrap up for this morning. Matthew chapter 6. This is uh, the passage that Derek read for us this morning. Beginning in verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think sometimes when we read this passage, I'll be honest, it's really hard for us to not focus on the moth part, the moths and the thieves, and just thinking, okay, so the difference is the amount of moths in this situation. But obviously, that's, that's not the point of this passage. What's really happening here is not the difference between uh, in this place there are moths and in this place there are not, in this place there are thieves and in this place there are not. The difference here is in eternity. It's in choosing to either place what we value on the temporary or on the eternal. And being able to say, you know you know what I find my value not in the things of this world not in the things that are going to pass not in the things that eventually I won't get to enjoy because I mean let's face it I'm not going to be here forever but instead I'm going to put my value I'm going to put my worth I'm going to put all the things that I find important in heaven where nothing can be destroyed where everything is going to remain for eternity The solution in all of this is to find our worth in Jesus because that is where our value is. So I want to ask you, um, what value does Jesus have to you? What value does Jesus have to you? Because the best way to find real value is to pursue a valuable life. And the best way to pursue a valuable life is to pursue a life that looks like the life that Jesus lived. You see, Jesus instructed this man that came to him and said, look, you're getting it right. You're, you're, you're following all of the commands, but your value is not where it needs to be. And so I ask you this morning as we conclude, where is your value? Where do you place the things that you value most? Are they eternal or are they of this world? Maybe you are here this morning and you understand that your, your value, your worth, the, the places that you are placing this value are all wrong that you are not focused in the right place. Or maybe right now you just feel worthless. You just feel like you are not measuring up to all these things, to all these expectations that you feel like you have set before you and you are absolutely failing at them and you just do not feel like you have value. Maybe you are here this morning and you've not yet decided to find your value in Jesus and you know that you need to make that decision to to put Christ on in baptism, to become a part of the church and to start finding your value in Him. Whether it be for prayers, for encouragement, there's anything that we can do for you this morning. We encourage you to come forward now as we stand.